Buju, uh, Jen Hall and Dishnikaz, Miss Gobanesi Kadesh and Dishnikaz, Anishinaabe Mong, Mong and Dodame, Iwade Gasag, Squad Jamekag, Wenge Bawad and Dinaway Maganug. So I will say, I just said Jen Hall is my English name, Miss Gobanesi is my Anishinaabe name. I'm of the Loon clan and my family's from Leech Lake, Band of Ojibwe. I live in Minneapolis now. Great. Thank you so much. Boozoo, hello. Welcome to Native Lights Be Doppy. I'm your host, Leah Lem. And I'm your other host, Cole Primo. So this is a podcast where we connect with the Native community here in Minnesota during the COVID-19 pandemic providing connection in these social and physical distancing times. And today we are chatting with Jen Hall. She is a brand new firefighter. Welcome, Jen. Hello. Welcome. Can you hear me okay? Yes, we can hear you. We can see a picture of you. Okay. You don't need video, right? Don't need it. No. (laughs) Good. I've been out in the wind, so. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. Jen, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. I don't, I'm not at work today, so life is good. <laughs> good. And you have an amazing resume. <laughs> well, shoot. Yeah, I, I sat down and actually listed out every job I've had. And I think I've had about 30 some jobs since I started working at wow. 16. So <laughs> I don't like to stay bored, I guess. Yeah, no. Sure. What, are, what were some of your favorites? I think my most favorite early job was I was a receptionist at a geodesic dome home company. They have built dome homes all over the world and they happen to be headquarters in North Branch where I graduated from high school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was My a blast and I just learned so much there. And that's how I got involved in politics, which came later, mm-hmm. which is another favorite job. Mm-hmm. So, wow. Yeah. You've been you've done a lot of stuff. So <laughs> definitely we'll we'll get to your your latest and greatest here in a minute. <laughs> Great. We've asked you how you're doing, but also how are you adapting to this time? I've actually really been enjoying just the quiet time alone. Like I live alone. I have one cat and I just like having my days kind of unstructured and not too many meetings. I have a monthly commitment um, of, of being on a board. But other than that, you know, just unstructured time. I've been doing projects like trying to learn beading and knitting and you know, watching Netflix, I'm getting into Tiger King. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, just enjoying my time and really napping and resting as much as I can, which is great. Mm-hmm. Nice. Fabulous. And how's your family? Uh, my family, you know, they have their, their highs and lows. I think it was really hard for my mom, like not celebrating my birthday with me last month. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, I, we just kind of agreed to, I went and visited them in person yesterday for Mother's Day, but I wore a mask the mm-hmm. whole time. So it's been weird, but actually my mom has learned how to use Google Hangouts, which is fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, adapting to technology and actually like my little brother has picked up a phone and called me, which is very impressive for an 18 year old. Hey. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> so yeah, we're learning how to stay connected. Definitely. Very good. <laughs> So not too long ago, you graduated from Firefighter Academy. Can you tell mm-hmm. me a bit about that? Yeah. So, well, from October to mid-March, I was in Firefighter Academy for Minneapolis Fire, which basically you get your EMT basic training and you also learn how to just have the basic state qualifications to be a firefighter. And then you get to learn how Minneapolis does it after you have your state certifications. 
Um, so it was, it was kind of a longer academy. I think maybe one of the longest ones in Minneapolis history. Definitely a, a lot of homework, way more homework than I ever thought I would have trying to learn how to become a firefighter. Mm. Um, but a lot of physical activities too, like you're putting on the full gear and you know wearing this heavy tank and learning how to work with your tools um, and work as a team. Um, but yeah, it was quite the challenge for the last six months. And we graduated in mid-March nice. on the eve of the pandemic. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. For the first time in history uh, for Minneapolis, family and friends could not attend graduation. They actually had to live stream it. Mm. Um, so oh. yeah, it was, it was kind of sad, you know, bittersweet not to have all of our families there, but understanding that that's kind of the sacrifice the department needed to make. What inspired you to get into uh, firefighting? Uh, well, I used to do um, Muay Thai or Thai style kickboxing, and I had quite a few friends at that gym who were firefighters. At the time, I enjoyed getting punched and kicked as a hobby, so I could probably <laughs> turn this into a into a job somehow. <laughs> wow. So I thought, well, I could do something that will still let me help people, but also make sure I stay physically fit, and I'm just willing to do things that I think a lot of people wouldn't find find the courage to do, so just decided to start pursuing it a couple years ago and finally kind of landed with Minneapolis in the last year or so. So what have you been doing since graduation? I know we have the pandemic aside. Professionally, I got assigned to a station and a specific captain. So I work at station 17, which is over South side of Minneapolis. And I have a dedicated crew and, and captain there. And so they assign you with a specific captain that they think will train you well and kind of help you just learn the ropes Um, And I feel like I won the lottery because my crew is just really awesome. So really, it's just you show up to work and you're there for your shift. My shift is 48 hours long. And I just I clean the rig. I make sure to take the inventory, make sure everything is in place. Um, And then we just go on calls uh, whenever we're needed. So Mm -hmm. it's a lot of sort of nervous anticipation as we wait, as I wait for those bells to go off and just get, you know, jump into action. Oh, so, yeah, when the when the bells happen from when you're like leaving the station, what's that average time? Oh, I'd say within a minute or two, like in the middle of the night, um, it takes maybe 60 seconds most of the time. And there's, there's certain ones where it sounds like you have different tones. And so there's like non-urgent calls where like, say we're just going to pick up needles or something. Um, Like a person calls in and, and wants, you know, wants the sharps disposed of. So then that will take like, maybe a minute and a half, but it's pretty quick. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Gone in 60 seconds. Yeah. Oh my I mean, my, my secret is to sleep. There's an area right next to the garage where the truck is. So I sleep right there so that I'm not the last person to the truck because it takes me the longest to get dressed. Oh. <laughs> Just because I'm new. <laughs> I'm new. Oh, no. Yeah, I was like, I'm trying. You know, if it's a fire call, I get extra nervous. So then I just have to make sure I get everything on in the correct order. <laughs> wow. Can you describe, you know, a recent call that you've had? I mean, you see everything. I think a lot of it is, you know, just what would you see as an emergency at your home? If you feel like you're having a heart attack or if all of a sudden you're really short of breath and you want to get taken to the hospital, mm-hmm. um, some folks they don't have as much assistance at home as they could. Like they need help just getting into bed or they might trip and fall over something and kind of need help getting up. Mm. Um, But then you have some pretty entertaining calls. Like we had a gentleman fall asleep, I think while, while the laundromat closed. And so he woke up and he was trying to get out of the laundromat after Uh, it had closed and he got stuck in the door. (laughs) Uh. 
but it was like it was kind of the middle of the night and I was so confused because I wasn't sure if he was breaking in or leaving and I just was trying to make sense of the situation while my captain was kind of in charge of the scene but then the guys who found him were on the phone with the landlord and the landlord unlocked the door from afar and the the gentleman just got up grabbed his laundry and walked away into the night (laughs) (laughs) so that I think that was one of the more entertaining calls that I've had so far Now that we're in a pandemic since you've started after your your graduation, the standard operating procedures have probably changed somewhat. Can you talk about that a bit? Yeah. So it's hard because I've only ever known sort of life in COVID-19 times um, as a firefighter. But the first couple of weeks on, on shift, you know, we'd arrive at a call and scope out the situation. And as long as it was safe for us to enter, we would head in. And we would all kind of start doing different different roles. Like I would check a blood pressure as as the rookie. The driver would be recording information. Um, and the captain would be making sure that everybody's staying safe and we're doing what we need to do for the patient. Um, now, the captain usually goes in first by himself, um, especially if it's, a, if it's a call where we know that the patient is COVID positive. Um, and he has to don this extra personal protective equipment. And for us, like before we would go in with eye goggles and gloves on, but now we have to wear N95 masks on every call. So, so some of it has, it has remained the same in terms of what type of call, like we'll still, if it's, you know, somebody who they're doing CPR on, of course, we're all going to go in and get to work and try to help them as soon as possible. If it's something where it might not be as emergent of a situation, the crew waits on the truck while the captain scopes it out and then he lets us know what he needs. And that's pretty unusual because when you first start, typically as a rookie, you're kind of expected to get in there and and get to work and get your hands dirty and learn, you know, just about the ins and outs of emergency medical care. So, And we also have to wear simple masks on fire calls. So we check if a fire alarm goes off in a commercial building, we have to go scope it out and see if there's actually a problem or figure out how to reset the alarm. And so you have to wear all of your big, your turnout gear for that. But you, we also have to wear simple masks. So I think the fire department is trying to do its best to ensure that we're safe and protected. Mm-hmm. While we're also, as a world, trying to figure out how to be safe and, and deal with this unknown thing, you know. Right. Something mm-hmm. we can't see. You know? Yeah, something we Ooh. can't see and we don't know where it is and how it gets spread and... But, you know, you have to go in anyways if a person needs your help. If there's fire, you're going in. There's not an option to kind of stay and wait it out and see what happens, you know. I was curious. I think you already addressed this. Uh, like all, many of the procedures have changed uh, due to the pandemic, but uh, you're still doing the same type of calls or like are, are there increased calls, of certain types of situations or things like that? I think it kind of varies from shift to shift, but I've, we've actually had kind of a decrease in calls. I think people are just scared of going to the hospital. You know, they're at home and they're like, well, I don't feel great. But if I go to the hospital, I know that there's COVID patients there. Mm. But then that also means like we might stay on a scene longer than we would have in the past. That sounds intense. Have you made a good choice? You know, and (laughs) I mean, it sounds like you really enjoy it. But like, is it everything you hoped and dreamed or are there surprises? I, I definitely know that I made the right choice. Yeah. Like I've always wanted to have a job that's challenging and helping people and interesting. And I think mm-hmm. it definitely fits that bill. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm surprised at how used to living in the present I've gotten this like this quickly on, you know, just being on shift. All you can do is is be there 
and just wait for a call. And I tend to be a planner and like kind of a future thinker. And I'm always trying to think of, think of the next mm. thing, you know, and be ready for that. And you really mm. just can't do that on this job. I'm surprised at how well I'm adapting to that. Well, congratulations again. That's so cool that you're doing that and helping keep people safe and Mm -hmm. healthy. And it's pretty fun. I can't lie. (laughs) (laughs) So Jen, as we end our time together, have you had any, I don't know, big realizations or reflections during your time um, hanging out with your kitty cat Uh, hanging out at the station during the COVID-19 pandemic? I think my biggest realization is just how much I enjoy my own company. Mm -hmm. I've always thought I was extremely extroverted, but I think I'm finding out I'm actually quite introverted. (laughs) I think inside each of our own minds, there's a huge wealth of information and curiosity to delve into. I'm I'm looking forward to see what creativity. (laughs) That's a good way to look at it. I love it. Well, I wish you all the best and your kitty cat. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Say hi to Marvin for me. And I will. Always lovely to talk to you both. I appreciate your yeah. podcast so much. Oh, thank, thank you, you so much. much. All right. Bye, Jen. Yep. Cool. See ya. Great. Good talk. Oh, yeah. She's so awesome. I'm so glad I met her a few years back. It's so great to hear her so happy in the work that she's doing. Good to hear. Thank you, Jen Hall, for joining us today. And thank you for listening. Native Lights Bidapi is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers, made possible by funding from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Yes, and if you'd like to help us spread the word about Native Lights, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Radio Public, and every major listening app, as well as Minnesota Native News. And if there's someone you'd like to hear us catch up with, please send us an email at nativelights at ampers.org or find Minnesota Native News on Facebook or Instagram. Gigawabamin! Gigawabamin!